If a person doesn't pay their phone bill or water bill, eventually they get cut off. If they don't pay their visa bill, they pay a premium for the unpaid balance until they do pay. But a doctor bill? Well, it's the last to get paid and there's really no consequence. And if you're a doctor, how do you collect? You are listening to ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Business of Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. Joining me today is Elizabeth Woodcock, co-author of The Physician Billing Process and the DVD called Patient Collections in the Era of Consumer-Directed Healthcare. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Thank you, Larry. So doctors, we're the, we're, we're the last to be paid, and now we're kind of going into a world of consumerism where the patient is actually paying more. And I'm curious if you have the solution for me, Elizabeth. Well, indeed, you are correct when you say consumerism. What happened is that, you know, we had the 1980s, the 90s, really the early 2000, and an incredible amount of managed care. It came in many different forms. But essentially, when employers really looked at managed care and said, you know, is this saving me money? It isn't. So what is happening today is employers are really transferring more financial responsibility to their employees. And of course, that means the physicians not only have to chase down money from insurance companies, but now we're seeing much, much greater amount of responsibility from patients. And as I like to say, because I've been in many front offices, when I see a patient walk in the door and they have an insurance card in their hand, what do they think they owe? Well, the answer is nothing. And yet, if you think about our environment, physicians are going to be forced to try, try, and try to get more money from that patient's hand because it constitutes it constitutes a part of their insured population. It's really kind of a um, a major shift in the psychology of seeing the doctor, of patients, because they have been so spoiled for years thinking they don't have to pay anything. And now, all of a sudden, they're being asked to pay, and, and they just don't get it. Well, I think it's a great point. Furthermore, they don't even get what benefit plan and or health plan that they've chosen in the first place, meaning most employees, most employees are going to choose sort of whatever is the less expensive and or that which offer them the greatest option. But as we all know, they often don't read the fine print, what's the coinsurance, what's the deductible, how many non-covered services do I have? pre-existing conditions information. And so, of course, they land into a physician's office without a complete understanding of their own health plans. And yet, it's up to the doctor to collect. Right. It really falls on, on the front office staff, and they've got an enormous job to deal with every day, just answering phones and checking patients in and out. And now, they have to become accountants. Absolutely. And to be honest, I really recommend to doctors, let's go ahead and transfer your patient collections unit that traditionally has been in the windowless room back in the business office. Mm -hmm. Let's go ahead and get them into the front office. We need to invest more in our front office. And that may even include receptionists who essentially are collectors. Right. But, you know, it's a difficult skill to teach people to ask for money and to ask for it forcefully yet gracefully. Well, but there are so many little things that we can do, Larry. Like, for example, the fact that when a patient presents to the front desk and we say, Miss Woodcock, how would you like to take care of this balance today? Mm-hmm. We really want to do that instead of what we traditionally say, which is, would you like to take care? Right. 
would you like to take care? And we sit there and and stare at the patient. And we, of course, insert very quickly, oh, yeah, sure, we have a payment plan. You know, you can pay $2 a month for the next 59 years, and that should work out fine. Meaning, you know, culturally, we are really, really, really in a situation where we also need to make a change to be a little bit more aggressive. And and I'm not going to suggest threatening at all, but a little bit more aggressive in terms of collections. It's kind of like my wife asking me, would you like to take out the garbage, honey? I will always answer, uh, no, of course not. But if she asks me, will you take out the garbage, please, then I might say, okay. You know, we have a software program, and it's by a company called Athena Health. And Athena just went public, actually, this week. And they have on the welcome screen for the receptionist, in big, bold, red letters, how much of the unpaid balance is due when they check in. So that's kind of nice. It at least It at least helps. So I think people should have a software program that that does that. Absolutely. And and speaking of that, too, we have traditionally said, go ahead and collect past due balances. And really what we need to do is take the word past off of that sentence. And you know what? If it was owed yesterday, when we have the patient in front of it, we need to at least ask the patient for whatever is quote-unquote due. Just because it's 30, 60, 90, 365 days old doesn't mean that we need to wait to ask for it. We need to ask when it's due. But they're gonna, the patient's going to say, hey, my insurance is going to pay that. I'm waiting for them to pay. They just haven't paid. So you, you wait. Well, and it's a great point. And to be honest, we have a number of practices, if not a significant minority, that are really taking that a step further and saying to the patient, if it's a preventive care visit, then we're going to need to have you reschedule. Now, when you get into situations like that, I certainly always recommend talking to your malpractice carrier before you set that policy. But believe you me, it is happening more and more as physicians in this country are realizing that that patients aren't as willing or perhaps as able, and of course it depends on the situation, to pay their bill. But essentially, as you know, the physician's left holding the bag. And it's an incredibly challenging environment as well in a physician's practice because as professional services, even if the doctor is providing care in the context of charity or indigent care, he or she is not allowed to write that off in terms of a tax advantage. Now, this is very different than a hospital, a nursing home, or other facility-based setting. Doctors essentially, literally, are left with a write-off. I'm wondering if, uh, you know, the doctor, when he goes into the exam room with the patient, and if he's got interesting software that he knows that the patient owes the practice uh, $1,200, should he address that? And if he doesn't address it, does it still kind of stay in his subconscious and is is he angry throughout the visit? Well, gosh, I always recommend that the physician, even in just a very subtle way, like, oh, Miss Jones, I see that there is a balance here, not I'm not going to provide care, I'm not going to provide good care to you, but I think a mention is an important part of the collections process. And believe you me, I have seen a number of practices where the front desk is very trained. They do a very good job of trying to collect. Patient gets back to the doctor. Patient says, I don't want to pay the bill. Doctor says, oh, forget about it. And so as you can quite imagine, when those kind of situations happen, administratively, we're very geared towards collection. But the physician says, oh, don't worry about it. You don't need to pay me. You know, that also means it erodes really the ability of the staff to be able to collect because not only will that patient not pay that time, but he or she may tell 10 friends. 
And so I think if a physician is weary, is really is, 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 you know, not very comfortable making that discussion, then I think he or she should not say anything instead of the opposite, which is, oh, don't worry about it. Because that, as you well know, really erodes the collection process. What do you do when you have a patient that continues to refuse to pay? Just they're not going to pay. They don't care. They're going to keep seeing the doctor and they never pay the front office staff. Can we discharge them as a patient for not paying their bill? You can. You can, Larry. And there really is an exception. And frankly, it's a large exception. And that is when it comes to abandonment of care. Uh, Let's take the situation. You've got a patient in the office. They refuse to pay. You go ahead and really consult with your malpractice carrier about what the best process is. And in general, they're going to recommend a letter with a date on it of when the care needs to be dismissed and, you know, meaning next week or tomorrow or today so that it's very clear in the patient's mind about when that dismissal occurs and giving the patient 30 days to find another provider. The challenge comes in, that patient then comes in through the emergency department 60 days from now. It's an unassigned patient. You happen to pick up the patient through call at the hospital and You see the patient, not only that, but perhaps even there's a procedure or operation. You see the patient postoperatively. Can you refuse to see them? In this case, you cannot. So certainly there is a gray area that really can be summed up by saying you cannot abandon care of the patient. And that's why I always emphasize in the case of a dismissal, you absolutely want to make sure you talk to your malpractice carrier about your procedures, your protocols, to include having them review the actual letter that you're going to send. And then whenever you feel like you're in that gray area, give them a call. That's what they're there for, to talk about those kind of cases. Because really that's going to be a win-win for you, the patient, as well as the malpractice carrier, for you to get the best advice. Are you seeing large swaths of doctors switching over to cash-only practices where they actually just list a menu of their services on their their front uh, desk and you pay at time of service and, and that's it. I think it's in pockets around the country, pockets around the country in markets where either there's a tremendous amount of awareness from the physician's perspective, because I think that is something that needs to be addressed, is that in many cases the doctor isn't aware of the trends that I'm talking about. Furthermore, in markets where, for example, like mine in Atlanta, where there is a tremendous amount of supply, i.e. there's more competition, we're going to see, of course, more physicians sticking with insurance participation, sticking with, you know, the pathway that we're on now because they need the patients. And so that's why I'm suggesting it's really in pockets. But those pockets, those markets, and where we're seeing cash-only practices are truly, truly increasing. I've never met a collection service I've ever liked. They do crappy jobs. They take enormous amounts of money, and I end up paying them money. Is it worth it? Do you know a good one? What do we do? I would suggest that you really look in-house. What is your business office doing today? Frankly, I am going to recommend that you're looking at a 90-day collection cycle, two statements, one letter, and then that's it. Because research has shown us that less than 5% of statements are responded upon with payment 
by the force statement. So what we're looking at is we're spending a lot of money sending out statements and collection letters if we go much beyond that. And then at that juncture is working with a collection agency, ideally because you're sending them so much faster, better collectability, more probability of collections on their part and yours, is that you really negotiate a lower fee in that regard. And don't stop until you do feel comfortable with a collection agency because there's some good ones out there. And to be perfectly honest, Larry, there are some patients who, until you send them to an agency, mm-hmm. they won't pay you. So are, are things going to get better or worse in the future, Elizabeth? For patient collection Collections and billing and collections in general for doctors, I have to tell you, they're getting worse. All right. On that lovely, pleasant, optimistic note, I would like to thank our guest, Elizabeth Woodcock. We've been discussing the practice of billing and collecting for the cash that we deserve yet rarely get. I'm Dr. Larry Kaskin. You've been listening to The Business of Medicine on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. And thank you for listening.